Good afternoon everybody, welcome once again to Fake History, I am Kendall Matthews and I'm giant joined as always by my gallery of reprobates and warlocks, which is uh, John Gilday and uh, Lee Sutherland, how are you guys, are you okay? I was better what? a minute ago. Gallery of warlocks. What? Had you been rehearsing that one? I, I know, eh? <laughs> <laughs> At I least the music woke up last night. I thought it was. You better go up and skid a bit down. That was it. That's it. I quite liked that one. I thought it was, uh, it was quite apt to the uh, to the subject matter today. Wait, mm hmm. I thought you might. Have, I thought you might have went with a bit of bewitched. <laughs> if I did, if I didn't have to pay, if I didn't have to pay fifteen hundred pounds to use it, I, I probably would have. But there you go. Uh, uh, probably not worth fifteen hundred pounds. Probably not worth fifteen hundred. But there no. you go. Close to it. Close to it. Um, but bit of one division actually. That's what I should have put in uh, being topical. But there you go. But um, there we go. Uh, so yeah, this week we are looking at witch trials uh, throughout the world and the history of witchcraft and witch trials and Satanism and all kinds of good stuff so um yeah it's going to be quite a, a quite an exciting one so we're going to go across the uh, realms and we're going to uh, do uh, britain scotland particularly scotland and we're also going to touch on a little bit of the american and the salem trials quite excitingly as well um so a little bit of background on this one let's start off i'll do a little bit of background guys and i'll come over to you um it's a very <sighs> Everybody kind of looks at these things. So the, when I started looking at it, you, you, uh, and, and I'm a bit of background as well, I'm, I'm doing a bit of a, a book on, um, a, a fiction book uh, on uh, the Aberdeenshire, some of the witches and uh, et cetera, and it's going to be uh, brought up into current day, et cetera. Uh, and... Yeah, I suppose when you start looking at it, you always expect to find just the witch trials, etc., which was just a nonsense and people getting burned at the stake and everybody's innocent and all this kind of stuff. And the majority, of course, were, and it was 95% or 99.9% .9 bullshit. But the funny thing is, um, as we go along this, it's kind of based on things that you can kind of understand why certain individuals were freaked out. And certain individuals would maybe think that there was something there and I have to look into things. And where it really started, where it really started was in, and certainly in Scotland, uh, was in 1590, uh, going back a long, long way. And James the Sixth. Now, James the Sixth of Scotland, but he was also James the First of England. So this is the guy that actually, because uh, interestingly, this is just on a, on a side note. Uh, people think that, uh, you know, obviously Scotland is part of England, etc. Well, actually, back in the day, when you actually look at the Act of Union, actually the Scottish king became king of England. It wasn't the other way around. So as much as history kind of um, doesn't like to shout that from the rooftops or anything like that, James VI um, of Scotland actually became and took over England as their king. So in the end, kind of England became part of Scotland rather than the other way around to make it Britain. But there we go. That's an, an aside. But this chap, anyway... Uh, 1590, he was, he's a very interesting character as King James VI of, um, of, of Scotland so there's mentions of him playing golf uh, amongst other things uh, you will see that uh, all the Bibles that you all read, uh, or I'm saying not all you read but any, any that aren't Catholics read is a King James Bible and it was him that produced this 
And it's quite interesting because they produced the King James Bible about three or four years after he um, uh, produced a book called Demonology, which was a series of three books, actually, um, which was about actually about witchcraft and which and to put them on trial and things to look out for and how they work, etc. And demons. And he actually mentioned at the same time, um, because there's this kind of thing that the people think Bram Stoker, Stoker came up with, uh, uh, with vampires, etc. But he actually did mention in 1590 in these treaties, um, that he wrote, <clears throat> uh, werewolves and vampires. Interestingly, just um, skimmed over them as well as succubus and all this kind of stuff. So he done a lot of research. Now he was due to get married um, to a Danish princess called Anne uh, in fifteen ninety, uh, and he wanted basically to um, to bring across to get married to. Uh, and three times they attempted this, and there was horrific weather, horrific storms. So some of his people, so, so all, all the attempts were aborted. So some of his uh, people basically started saying things like, oh, you know, this is there's something funny about this. It's, it's almost as if the gods are against us or whatever's against us. So then he's gone to some of his trusted cronies and he said to them, right, okay, listen, guys, dude, Earl of Bothwell, dude, listen, can you do me a favour and go and pick up the missus from Denmark? And uh, he says, yeah, sure, uh, I'll take over a few ships because I'm going to take, and take a, a gang of folk over with me just in case, you know, it's like these sea crossings. So I take a few ships over with me and it's going to catch you X, Y and Z. Uh, and James, was a bit steep. So he decided he was going to go over himself. So he went over himself. Before he went over, however, um, the maid of honour, who was going to supposed to be the maid of honour to his missus, uh, was actually drowned in the, I think it was the fourth river in Scotland, um, with in high season another storm. So now they're getting very, very sus about the whole thing. Um, so James himself has travelled over to Denmark and he has married the good lady, etc. Uh, and then they've attempted to come back a couple of times and again, there is terrible storms. Now, the, the Danish had already started on witch trials. And they started filling this guy's head with the fact that actually this is probably witchcraft and people are trying to kill you or whatever like that. So eventually they get back and they do lose another couple of people to storms on the way back. Um, so he's, he's already feeling a little bit, you know, funny about um, everything. Uh, and uh, when they get back, there is a lady from North Berwick which is very close to Edinburgh, which is where King James is based in Holyrood Castle, um, or Holyrood Palace, rather. Um, and there is a lady who is starting to show remarkable signs of healing, uh, a lady called Gillis Duncan. And now there's a lot of things here, and there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of things that are going to lead right through history and into pop popular culture. So this guy just was, what did I say? It's the King James Bible's him. Um, he's um, he's written these things on demonology. A couple of things I'll just point out here. The woman's name, who was starting to show signs of healing and being perhaps supernatural in nature, in, in this area in North Berwick, was called D Gillis Duncan. 
Gillis Duncan is now uh, uh, is now a character as a witch in the um, series called Outlander, uh, which is uh, actually filmed in Scotland. Myself and Lee have had a uh, where we work. We've actually had the, uh, the the very dubious pleasure of having some of the cast pop in because it's in the middle of the islands. But there you go. Um, so there's there's that. Interestingly, as well, and I will bring up more later as we go. But interestingly as well, the, the, the demonology series of letters that, that, that James wrote, or, or books that he wrote, the three books they wrote, were actually plagiarised by, um, more or less word for word and sometimes, uh, by Shakespeare for Macbeth. Um, so the, 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 the three the witches, etc. The structure of their spells, including actually some of the phraseology they use, is, is lifted directly from James VI's um, demonology book. Interestingly, those three witches are known as the Weird Sisters, and the Weird Sisters are, of course, a band that show up in Harry Potter, which is quite interesting as well. And that there is another link we link there later as well, which we'll come back to as well. In fact, I'll do that just now, just get that out of the way. But uh, J.K. Rowling obviously wrote, um, wrote uh, Harry Potter. And there's a in Edinburgh itself, so we're talking about basically the witch trials in Scotland, and it started off in North Berwick next to Edinburgh. A lot of the trials from North Berwick actually happened in the, the um, in the Tolbooth in Edinburgh, uh, and round the corner from that is a little place where you might also have heard of, which is Greyfriars Kirk and Greyfriars, where Greyfriars Bobby, the dog who wouldn't leave the side of his master after he died, and there was a film and everything done about that. That's that's that churchyard, and J.K. Rowling took the name of Tom Riddle, who is Lord Voldemort's real name, from a gravestone in Greyfriars Kirk. So there's there's quite a lot happening in witchcraft in, in, in Scotland as it is, so it's, and there's lots of things happening. So some of the, the very famous stories that you've actually got, they're all actually coming from this guy, James VI. So what's happened? He's got back in Scotland, he's got back in, and then he hears tell from one of his very good friends and his confidants in North Berwick. By the way, this lassie here that works for me, this girl here that works for me, uh, I think she's a witch. So James the Sixth says, right, okay, well, let's basically put her on trial. <laughs> so, he, so, so they do, but the interesting thing, again, for me, is that at this stage, the the, the, the trials, and, and they very much, they become a local power play, and they become about people that are maybe a little bit twisted or whatever, and in doing things for themselves. At this at this point in time, he's a little bit nervous there might be something going on. He's now told by one of his confidants that this, 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 this girl's a bit ropey, there's, there's something not quite right there. And he, for the net, for, for basically for North Berwick anyway, is basically in charge or running the trials for them. Now, when we talk about trials, as as, as you may know, as as everyone may know, trials are basically a way to get a confession at this time, and they will pretty much do anything they can to get the confession. Um. One of the the main witnesses that um, got that girl that Gillis that had um, said so she comes up and she names a few people including Agnes Samson. So Agnes Samson gets put up in the uh, and she was known as the wide wife of Keith, which is near Edinburgh as well. 
so she was put up by Gillis Duncan. Now, some of the methods um, they used against people would be they would pull their fingernails out, they would hammer in um, nails, etc., all this kind of stuff underneath their fingernails afterwards, and all this kind of stuff that would crush their bones. Real nasty stuff. Um, they would put them in. Um, they had, if you can imagine, huge big braces. You know, the, you know, not the ones you just put in your mouth, but the ones that used to come with them. You see sometimes in American television where they go back to the seventies and sixties and stuff, and you see these big contraptions attached to people's heads. Well, yeah, I've seen the pictures of them. They're brutal yeah. looking, man. Yeah, so they would literally put people up against the wall and chain them to a wall, and they would they would have their mouth wide open, uh, and they would have these um, basically these spikes in holding their tongue down and basically cutting them to bits and stuff. I mean, real nasty, nasty, nasty stuff. So this is the kind of stuff that we're doing. Um, and then they brought in um, one, a couple of the other people they, they brought into it um, was uh, John Finn. Fian, sorry, Fian. John Fian. Um, and the Earl of Bothwell uh, is the guy that they brought in who, who they declared was going to be the, the, the overlord, if you like, the person. Now I think this is where it gets really a bit interesting. This is this for me is what sends James the Sixth over the edge. So I think there's been something there, and I think probably would have got involved with something else not long after if, if it had all died down. Now all we can go back is we can go back to source material, and that's what I, I all we always do say to people: go back to source material. But very interestingly, um, on this one, John Fian was not brought to a court or to a, uh, uh, or to the castle or anything like that to be to be tried he was brought into james VI's own chambers now they did the you know big side big curved roofs and all that kind of stuff i mean it's a castle it's where it was and he was brought into the chambers and one of the things he was accused of was making this other gentleman who who was a local, um, take fits and and do all kinds of weird things, um, so James instructed that this guy be brought in, um, so he could see. Uh, so this guy was brought in, and now some of the things to see is he, he was was fits etc. They're describing, which could just be it could be an epileptic, brought in by stress or anything like that. So it can be something like that, but some of the other things that were um describing. Whether he was jumping about, he was writhing, um, it was contorting. Um, some of the things was he was jumping high enough to touch the ceilings. Now, the ceilings you're probably looking at about 10, 11 feet. And one of the things he was, he was saying was he, he was jumping so high he was touching the ceiling of these king chambers. And this is where he's started to freak out a bit to me. But this character interests me, this John Fian. And I can see if this is accurate. What is and we always have to say because you never know how accurate these things are. But it's in the king's own presence, so if it's accurately recorded, then it's a really interesting thing. And you would start to think to yourself, "Well, what the fuck?" So what then happened was Fian then accepted and admitted that he was in league with the devil, and he held a register of Satan's witches. So he confessed to this. And then he said that he would basically renounce Satan and he would try and live the life that they wanted him to. 
So then he's taken away. He comes back the next morning and he tells them that last night Satan visited me, uh, dressed all in black with a white wand. I renounced him to his face. Um, and then he broke his white wand and told them that when you're dead, you're mine. And that's quite important. Like, I just remember that we bit. So he's, he's saying that when you're dead, you're mine. And after he's told them that, they've actually said to him, he said, you know what, well, fair play, big man. Fair play, John. And this guy's a schoolmaster, by the way. So he's in charge of a school. He's not just a peasant or anything like that. He's a learned man. So he's told them, Satan's come. He's been dressed in black, white wand. I've renounced him. He's broken his wand. I said, you're mine when you're dead. And then he's disappeared. At that point, they've actually said to him, you know what, fair enough. You've renounced it. We are going to let you go and we are going to let you live your life and keep an eye on you and see if you live the life that you say you're going to. That's fine. So he's put back in, because obviously these things take a few days or whatever like that to, to process. And uh, so he's put back in the cell. That night, he steals a key and escapes. So the day he's told that he's going to be released and he's going to be, he's going to, 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 to be allowed to live, he steals a key and escapes. Then he's brought back in. Uh, he's caught. He's brought back and they try and get him to confess again. So he's gone through the torture. He's going to get released. But he's decided, no, I want to escape. He's got caught. And of course, now this time he's not getting it. This time, because he's escaped, no, there's something wrong here. So you are now ours. So they try and get him to give other names, etc. The torture they put this guy through, they pull his nails off one by one. They nail iron nails into the wounds where his nails used to be. They put thumb screws on him and crush his thumbs. They put what is called the boot on him, which uh, they put him on. Uh, they put it on your foot and your leg, and they crush it. Uh, and the uh, the the quotes within the documents are they uh, they crushed his foot to such a, a small size that he would be un unable to use it ever again. The next quote is, is, is where, where I kind of lead into this. John Fiena, during this, showed no signs of feeling any pain. So they've crushed his foot to basically the size of a fist, say. And he showed no sign of um, showing any pain. Uh, at which point they took him into Tolbooth in Edinburgh and they strangled him and then burnt him to the stake. Half strangled him, put him on a stake and burnt him. Now the last one I'm going to bring up just now, um, but that's this kind of, as I said, the, the reason I'm going into a bit of depth on, on this at the minute is because you've got the key characters, you've got James VI and this is what, and this is, this is what I to um to move on with things and, and to, to really get into things and believe there is something there. Now the last character I want to bring up 
is the Earl of Bothwell, and he's another interesting one. So he's brought up again by these uh, by these uh, witches that have already been questioned in North Berwick, etc. And he's brought in, denies it, etc. And he's actually let go. But there becomes a dance between himself and Bothwell. So in absentia, they've actually decided, after he's been let go and cleared, they've actually said, no, actually, we think there is something there. We think you probably are guilty of witchcraft. So then the king goes after him a few times as various different weird things happen. Um, For instance, there's one time that him and all these men are gone out chasing him uh, or going to try and find him. They've got to water, which is supposedly where a lot, a lot of the witchcraft space around water, etc. And the horse has thrown off this guy there, the Bothwell. Um, he goes in the run for some considerable time. He actually turns up at Falkland Castle when the king's staying there with 300 men trying to... We don't know whether he's trying to get him to talk to him or whether he's trying to kill them, but there were certainly deaths at the castle. The king locked himself in a tower and Bothwell escaped made his escape. Um, There was another situation where Bothwell actually broke into Holyrood Palace and hid behind curtains in his room. And then, in the King of Scotland's room. And then some of his other friends joined him in that room. At that point, uh, the army and uh, James's men found out about it and they all rushed into the room. And James has turned round to him and said, that run to turn to his men and said, No, it's fine. On you go. So they all left, and about an hour later, then the Earl of Bothwell left with a pardon. The pardon was then, as soon as he was out of the area, the pardon was again rescinded, and they came after him yet again. They ended up getting exiled and all this kind of stuff. But again, there was this thing when they actually they, they took him back and they tried them again. It was on witchcraft again, and it's just a, a, a strange kind of character. There seems to be this background to James and some of his people, and this lasted for we certainly with James VI for about seven years. Um, the big witch trials in Scotland was was a huge trials in eighteen ninety seven was one of the first years. Although there was subsequent, as you're going to hear from John, etc. There was subsequent ones. But this is where it really came into Scotland. And this is where it really started going in the world and growing in Europe, etc. So Denmark had started. A couple of things happened with storms, etc. throughout the time. And this had led James VI to believe there might be something here. They've gone in. The first person they've picked on has given them names. And those names have led to these really weird characters. And if you're in James VI's position... In 1590, not now, but in 1590, and then these things happen when you start to look into people. Perhaps, just perhaps, I'm not saying it's justified what then happens, but it's more understandable that you think, actually, there's something here, we're all in danger, I as king of Scotland or whatever like that, then need to look after my people. It doesn't seem to be a kick to me for the fact he's written a huge book in three volumes on this and what to look out for and how to deal with them. And basically it's it's to burn them all, including the bairns. So it's, it's, it's what the upshot is. Um, so there we go. So I think that's um, 
that's quite a that, that, that that's a good point. That's a good back shot of it. Um, and then obviously he's not going to be involved in pretty much the rest of the the, 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 the stories and the witch trials, etc. But it's a good basis for a for understanding. So let's maybe pop over to 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 America for a while. Lee, um, everybody's sick of my voice now, anyway. So so let's let's go over. I think uh, is uh, I think uh, the Salem trials happened before some of the ones John's speaking about. So could you just say a, a little bit on what happened in Salem for us? Yeah, there's a lot of similarities to some of the things that you've said, so it might be quite interesting as I go along. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> one thing about sailing is um, is how, how so many different versions of it and so many sort of reference different versions of it are. It's uh, It's been like Chinese whispers over the years, and it mm-hmm. just keeps coming up back. So it's definitely one of these things that, as far as we're concerned, there's still questions about. Um it's by far not the first story of its kind, but um, witches and all that, that goes back 14th, 15th century. Um, stories of hysteria go back even further, which is something I want to get into a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But one of which um, we actually already previously discussed um, in, a, in a previous podcast that we did. So anyway, come back to that. What we're talking about with Salem, basically in short, is the Puritans um, were a deeply religious and God-fearing people. So they were quite strict and rigid, and this was even regulated. Um, But they were all in constant fear of the devil. And I mean, God-fearing people, they were made uh, to to, to fear it from, from birth upwards, from a young age. And women were often seen as being far more susceptible to the devil because they were weaker. And their behaviour, if it was ever anything but perfect, just just something one wee thing standing out could mean them being accused of being a witch. So in nine, uh, sorry, in 1689, refugees went to Salem, and Salem was a really poor place because we were actually talking about Salem, the village, uh, not the town, which was on the on the the coast, on the coast that had a had a dock, and that was about ten miles away. But uh, the village itself, it really struggled. It was a miserable place and it was a really tough environment. Um, It was a divisive society as well. And it was split angrily, predominantly between two families that set off the two different sort of tones of religion as well. So they had a first minister and this was Reverend Samuel Harris. He was a greedy bugger. He was a a bit of a nasty man. He was very, very rigid about his beliefs. And this is one of the things that made him hugely unpopular. And the whole village during this time, they were always bickering and arguing. They were walking around muttering. It was a really weird environment. Um, eventually, people began to think that it was directly the work of the devil. And not long after this is when strange things started happening. So in January 1692, Reverend Harris's nine-year-old daughter, Elizabeth, and she was known as Betty, and his 11-year-old niece, Abigail Williams, they started having, as you described, Kendall, fits. A bit like the exorcist. They'd be screaming, they'd be shouting, they'd be throwing things, going into a a bizarre rage, they'd be making weird sounds. Uh, Their bodies would contort, or they would contort their bodies in strange positions. They were uncontrollable, and they would say that their skin felt like it was being pricked with pins, now, this would go on for weeks before a Dr. William Greggs came on the scene and instantly, within two minutes, he's diagnosed him immediately as being under bewitchment, which 
would happen quite often back then when a doctor didn't know what was wrong with you. It wasn't too far an extreme thing. But to go for these girls and just, just instantly, they're under bewitchment. Now, there was loads more cases like this with girls. The people didn't think it was the girls themselves, but it was more that they were that there was witches in the village afflicting these poor girls. Um, just jumping on to something called witch cakes, which was used, and you might you might have heard of. Don't confuse them with disco biscuits, totally different thing. But they were made of rye, which I have a theory about again later on, which I'll come into. They were made of rye and the assumed afflicted's urine. And if you were to feed it to, say, a dog, and it was supposed to basically hurt you if the dog ate it, and if that didn't work, then they would resort to the likes of white magic. Now, by February 92, several girls had formally accused three women of witchcraft, Tichiba, a Sarah Good, a Sarah Osborne. And these girls said that it was these three women that were directly responsible for how they were um, feeling, how they were acting. Now, Tichuba was a slave for, for the Harris family, which was from the West Indies. Um, she'd been taken in from the West Indies to be a slave. Sarah Good was a beggar and she was homeless. And Sarah Osborne, she was a, a renowned bad Puritan and her husband had died earlier on. And she was left with the two boys in the land that they lived on. But Sarah, very quickly after her husband's death, moved in an Irish immigrant into the house and shortly after married him. And then she was trying to ensure that the land and property, which would be, be, be due to the boys when they came of age, now stays with her. Now, this went on to become a lengthy court case, but all three of these women were all outside of society and they were not accepted and seemed for that reason very suitable to have been blamed back then, especially for these things. So all three women were arrested and they were brought before the magistrate's court. And this was the very first case of the Salem witch trials. So um, to go into a little bit about that, Tituba, she was the one that actually admitted to being a witch. But she started accusing almost every other woman of practicing witchcraft. And it was actually this strategy that kept her alive for, for months throughout the trial because she was used as a key witness. There was a lady called Martha Corey, and she was a very upstanding citizen and a, a fantastic example of a Puritan at the time. But she got accused by two girls of being a witch, and that was it, and that was enough. And so no hearing or investigation. She was just stamped as guilty. Sarah Good's four-year-old daughter was even trialled during uh, the period, and she was accused as being a witch at four years old a four-year-old that confessed that she saw her mum dealing with the devil at four years old. She confessed that in the court. Um, there was a huge snowball effect of all the accusations. and Basically, nobody or nothing was exempt. Four dogs were trialled and accused of being witches, and they were killed. Um, it was also uh, Bridget Bishop was the, the first um, of the, the first person of the trials to be hung. Now, Judge Major Nathaniel Hawthensthal, something like that, he quit immediately as basically he, he just felt that it was all far too much for him uh, and he didn't feel that something was, was he felt that something was wrong. And um, every single one of the other officials all stayed on. 
Um, let's jump to June the 13th, Sarah Good, Elizabeth Howell, Susanna Martin and Sarah Wilde and Becca Nurse all go to trial and they are all found guilty. They were all hung on July the 19th in 1692 in the Gallows Hill where everybody could see. So the whole whole, uh, the whole court case, basically, uh, it's got nothing to do with evidence. There was never any evidence given. And there was never any evidence requested. It was all about control and purification. Just one accusation was enough to put you in the court and you would not have gotten out of the court innocent or, or found clean, basically. So August the 19th, um, there's another five people that were hung. But this time, four of them were actually men. Now, these men were accused by their neighbours with long-standing beefs. So just another simple way of getting rid of somebody that you didn't like back then. It was so easy to just throw those words out. The shit would stick. That person would be accused and they'd be dealt with accordingly. There was a chap, uh, a poor guy called, um, this is another one that links to some of your story, um, Kendall, a, a chap called Giles Corey. And that was a guy whose wife, Martha, was actually accused of being a witch uh, by two girls. He tried to defend his wife's innocence in the court, only to then himself become accused. So a further nine members of his family went on to be accused off of the back of that. Um, all because he had um, a neighbour's rift. This rift was basically his neighbour tried to sue him for trying to burn his house down. Now, fair enough, if it's true, if it's not, it doesn't matter, but... You've, you've then got to wiped out the guy's family just on, a, on, a, on an accusation. So you've got um, the guy, basically, uh, Giles Corey, he had uh, what seemed was a, a, a clever strategy in opting not to plea. So the court can't actually trial him. Um, you must make a plea, either innocent or guilty. It doesn't matter, but you can't be trialed without a plea. So they actually tried to torture a plea out of him. As you say, there's, there's no law against that. So they tried to torture a confession out of him by placing a door on top of his laid down body and then piling boulders on it, slowly squeezing him to death, squashing him to death. So this took a couple of days and every day they would keep adding stones on. And um, this, this reason was basically he refused to agree to the plea, meaning his estate would not be seized. It would not go to the government. Uh, and it would go to his kids. So um, his final words, interestingly enough, he probably just wanted this over and done with. His final words were, more weight, please. Elizabeth Hubbard was one of the girls who testified, but she stands out quite interestingly, not for being one of the oldest, which she was, but more so that by the time that she was 17, she individually had testified against 29 people in total 17 of those arrested 13 hanged and two died in jail waiting to be sentenced i mean she's effectively the first ever female serial killer you know um she was the driving force behind the accusations and she would always say the exact same things to every single case um about being tortured by the accused apparition so you now have um a chap called Increase Mathers, who's the son of Cotton Mathers. And he uh, came in and denounced the use of spectral evidence, which is basically 
seeing something in a dream or seeing an apparition in front of you and something it says something to you you've taken that to court and used that as evidence against it against them so um this had now been stopped and, and wasn't allowed as evidence anymore the governor william phipps whose wife had also just been accused as being a witch he instantly um started to agree with this and realised that there were injustices and there were things that had gone wrong and it was time to change what had happened. So they took their time and reversed the decisions on people's stays, releasing previously arrested suspect witches, and eventually everybody was pardoned. It certainly took their time to do it, but they did. There was financial compensation for those that survived. We now have, or sorry, the, the day of official reckoning, which was on January the 16th, 1967, was set to repent and seek for forgiveness for all of the wrongdoings. Um, there's a theory, or you could go into the theories behind it, but some of the theories are that this is actually, because it was such a small place and it was a, 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 a like a real village and such a private place where nobody, no outsiders came to, one of the theories actually is that this was actually uh, just all a trend of power and control and not even by the courts. But this is really quite interesting. Um, it started, this all started at Harris's, uh, with Harris's daughter and his niece. So let's just say that she did something slightly naughty as a young girl. And her father's told her that, oh, you've got the devil inside of you. Now, at nine years old, being brought up, being terrified of the devil and being uh, taught to do nothing but fear it. It's almost like you, you can imagine that this nine-year-old um is just basically ran with that and, and realised that she could get more attention and she could actually get a voice with it as well. Um, it's it's nothing different to kids playing up today if you're in the shops and you don't let them have that little, you know, toy that they want or a certain thing that they're wanting for and then they start screaming and kicking and making the most ferocious noises and basically playing up. Well, that could be the first instance of that. And, and, and hearing it, it doesn't... It's not too daft. It's not too daft. But bear that in mind, this is a case of mass hysteria. And if you now think back to the dancing plague back in 1518 in Strasbourg, and even in the one, as I mentioned before, that we did uh, in one of our previous episodes, which was the Flannan Isles, three men go missing from a lighthouse. I mentioned the case uh, of the 1951 Pont Saint-Esprit mass poisoning in the south of France. Now, all of these are so similar and all, in one way or another, can, if you want, link to something that's called ergot. So ergot's obviously a group of fungus of the genus Claviceps. Uh, the fungus grows on rye, which, as we know, was used as a witch's cake and, um, and, and several related plants. But this really could be as simple as that the ergot has caused uh, come into there because it was such a, a wet season and a flooded season that, that fungus, a fungus grew in mass and affected and slowly affected the whole village. So one strange coincidence that I did see without looking uh, the first into the, the witch trials, the Scottish ones, which I think will uh, now lead on to John, <laughs> was that it all seemed to happen during times of economic, political and religious unrest. So even thinking back to the reasons or, or what was all going on around 1649 to 50 in the great Scottish witch hunt, that was an incredibly similar circumstances surrounding it. Mm -hmm. And if you think to the reason of an external court coming in and taking over, 
well, it might make sense because basically back then it was all about reputation of your village, of your city and how much money you could attract to the place. You weren't going to attract anything to that place because they've got a crazy reputation where they've now got the courts sending people to death to be hung because if a couple of kids have made a, a, a crazy accusation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's great well, stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. Um, that's really, really good. Really, really interesting. Um, one of the things I'm just going to pass over to John in a second. I, I just wanted to pick up because again, we've talked a lot about the witches, etc., and, and themselves, but I, I want to keep just in mind here that whenever you go in the world that, a lot of the stories and a lot of these these stories are centered around the witches and what they're doing, etc. But they were always the witch trials themselves, etc. Always bring in the devil, and as you're saying, oh, yeah, they put the devil in me and all this kind of stuff. But it's always a satanist or satan character that's brought into it. Now we're going winging our way back across the Atlantic now on our way. Um, into into Paisley with John. Um, <laughs> I get it like that. I said to Paisley. Who, 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 let me remind you, is Satan himself. But um, but before, we, before we get to John being Satan, we've got, I, I, I want to bring up just a couple of um, just very brief things here about the devil in Scotland. So there's a chap called Tam Dale. Now, Tam Dale is a very famous name. He's the Earl of somewhere other can't remember um he was actually west lothian questions a big political thing in in scotland and he was actually the one that brought it up he was mp for a long time but he's the latest in a long line of earls and many years before back to about the same time period we're, we're doing his namesake and his ancestor tamdale he was actually responsible for setting up the Scots Greys, Royal Scot Greys, uh, which is a regiment, an army regiment. And he had a bit of a reputation uh, as, yeah, he just had a reputation, which was a, a bit of a hard party animal, card player, drinker, etc. But one of his stories was quite interesting. Tam Dale's, the original Tam Dale, all these hundreds of years ago, uh, was that he uh, used to play cards with the devil regularly and this was his own story and he told the story once where um again 1690 1695 whenever it was that he that he actually beat the devil at cards and the devil got so angry he threw uh the the marble card table at him and he luck luckily he missed them went straight through the window went into a pond and everybody very much took that with a pinch of salt etc until hundreds of years later, when there was a drought and the uh, and, and the pot, the pond dried out sufficiently to reveal an upturned marble card table, and that is still, as I say, the, the family's still on the go. It's still Earl of whatever, uh, and it's still uh, it's, it's still um, relevant because the uh, Tam DL the recent Tamdale politician, his wife, or sorry, his mother, actually instructed for it to be put back together and and the feet, etc., and the legs to actually be reconstructed on this marble table. So it was. Um, but I think that was quite an interesting one as well. I do have another couple, but I'm, I'm anxious to get on to uh, onto the Paisley Witch Trial, so we'll go over there. But the only other thing I would say, and again, it's just a case of to keep in mind is that is Lear says as well. Animals play a lot, of, a, a great deal into this as well. 
and there were various stories where animals were actually attacking humans and all this kind of stuff as well. So it might well lead into the fact that the ergot, etc., and it's having an effect on them as well. Not sure. But there certainly does seem to be this kind of thing that they were accused of, witches, etc., warlocks or sorcerers were accused of using animals for their own things. But let's uh, let's wing our way across the M8 or as it was known to the at the time, the, the road to hell and to Paisley, and uh, and and pick up with John. What have, what have you got for us, John? That's that's quite a good Christmas song. That by the way, road to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Stop dissing Paisley, big man. That's that's just me, <laughs> nah. Um Yeah, so it, it's funny. We, 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 I was listening to Lee. This one is very very similar. Um, the witch trials of Paisley in 1696 it's actually there's a lot of similarities between the Salem witch trials not so much the deaths and things but the actual like the symptoms and things that the this uh, this girl I'm going to talk about had at the time very similar Same time Salem witch trials um so I'll give you a bit of background. So on the 17th of August 1696 an 11-year-old Christian uh, Shaw, the, the the daughter of a local landowner who was the laird of Bergaran, John Shaw, report, uh, she'd reported um, that she saw a servant, Catherine Campbell, uh, steal some milk. So Christine um, reported the theft to her mother, whereupon Campbell cursed her, wishing that the devil would haul her soul through hell. Four days after this, Shaw later encountered uh, a person called Agnes Naismith, an old woman reported to be a witch. The following day, on the 22nd of August, five days after, um, Shaw became violently ill with fits similar to the symptoms reported a few years earlier in the Salem trials in uh, 1693. Uh, Two months after, uh, her parents took her to see a Glasgow physician by the name of Matthew Brisbane, who could find no cause for her symptoms. Eight days after the visit to the doctors, she seemed to get back to normal and she'd recovered. But then the fits returned with increased violence. She would become as stiff as a corpse and be senseless and motionless. So the parents took her back to Dr Brisbane and by the time they arrived back in Glasgow, Shaw had begun to pull out of her mouth balls of hair. She claimed they'd been put there by those who were afflicting her. Soon she began to pull other things out of her mouth, like straw, coal, gravel, chicken feathers, cinders. During her fits, uh, she was sometimes heard to be talking to the invisible Catherine Campbell, the person she accused, pleading for a return to her former friendship. With Brisbane, with the doctor unable to provide any rational uh, explanation for Shaw's condition, her family and the local parish minister concluded that she must be possessed and being tormented by witches, uh, which was a common occurrence in England and Scotland at the time. Uh, uh, John uh, Shaw appealed to the authorities that those named by his daughter as tormenticals should be arrested. She'd initially identified only two people, which were mentioned at the start, Catherine Campbell and Agnes Naismith. But as time wore on, she implicated others, and eventually 35 and 
total were accused. Of the 35 that were accused, only seven stood trial um, on the 5th of February 1697 under the leadership of Lord Blantyre. Um, seven were subsequently summoned to appear before the, a second commission in Paisley, and these were people were Margaret Lang, John Lindsay, James Lindsay, John Reed, Catherine Campbell, Margaret Fulton, and Agnes Naismith. They were charged with murder uh, and a number of other things, uh, and including the tormenting of uh, Christian Shaw. Uh, funnily enough, there's just a bit here that the jury, confront, uh, confronted by a threat from the prosecutor when they were obviously closing the, 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 the case against them, his quote was, um, accessory to all the blasphemies, apostasies, murders, tortures and seductions, whereof those enemies of heaven and earth shall hereafter be guilty when they get out. So, funnily enough, they were all found guilty. <laughs> um, so, execution. Um, of those convicted, James Reed actually didn't make it. He actually committed suicide by hanging himself in a prison cell using his handkerchief attached to a nail in the wall. The remaining six were hanged and then burned on the Gala Green in Paisley on the 10th of June. 1697, which uh, was the last mass execution for witchcraft in Western Europe. Now, of the other remaining people, John and James Lindsay, who were brothers, they were aged 11 and 14, held each other's hands as they were hanged together. Catherine Campbell, after having been carried out struggling and screaming, it called down the wrath of God and the devil on her accusers before being executed. Margaret Fulton um, appeared to have become insane and spoke cheerfully about visits to Elfland and the abode of the fairies on the backs of magical horses. She definitely lost the plot. Um, Margaret Lang admitted to consulting with the devil but said she had renounced sin and was reconciled with God didn't make any difference. She still got hanged. Um, the most prevalent one, which is still very much a myth in Paisley just now, was Agnes Naismith laid a dying woman's curse on everyone present and their descendants for many years afterwards. Every tragedy in the town was blamed on the witch's curse. And at the actual trial, or at their deaths, there was at least 20 people that watched it, and so basically they were all cursed. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much it. But there's just a couple of more interesting things. There is actually a tribute. Um, the remains are uh, at Maxwellton Cross in Paisley, where the six witches' charred remains were buried. Um, funnily enough, Christian Shaw, um, she went on... Um, a European tour with her mother and they found fine thread being spun in Holland. Uh, they smuggled pieces of a spinning jenny back a spinning jenny, sorry, back to Paisley and then they set up what was called Bergaran threads which then became Bergaran mills which then in turn became Coates's mills and anybody from Paisley will know all about Coates's mills. My mum even worked there as well. 
So basically, the whole of Paisley's industrial heritage was founded by these two women. The Bergarin trademark thread became a mark of quality, and it was, and as others in the area began to emulate their techniques, they started an industry in which Paisley would become dominant globally. Mm. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, John, so, I've got a question well, for it's you. It's quite, quite interesting that it links. Aye. Yeah, sorry. You mentioned uh, that there were several people hung on the gallows green. Is that right? Aye. Do you remember when that was by any chance? Um, it was on the. Uh, it was on the tenth of June, sixteen ninety-seven. Okay. Okay. The only reason I asked is because I mentioned before that there was uh, five of the witches or five of the accused. They were hung on July the 19th in, in 1692 on the Gallows Hill. Yeah. That yeah. was in Salem. Uh, that's Gallow Green in Paisley yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, do you know, it's funny. It was only because I, yeah. I just got talking to my dad about it. It was my dad mentioned it to me um, when he used when he was serving his time as a painter. Uh, the building he used to work in, the back door we used to clean out the um, the paint pots and stuff. It was actually at the back of Gallo Green as well. So my dad could see, there was obviously nothing. The gallows weren't there now and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I do need to go down and have a look at it. But yeah, it's um, they do say that this curse. It's mythological, but they do say that there is a curse. Apparently, the the sealed remains started to become loose because it was then built onto a road and then they had to reseal it because they wanted to keep the spirits in and that was done in 2008 as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It's just, I think it's quite a prevalent one because it's, it was the last one in Europe. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but absolutely. it's just, um, and plus it's quite close. Obviously, I'm from Paisley myself, so mm -hmm. uh, it's quite, it quite an interesting one to read into as well. So, yeah, and funnily enough, just the last part, where I actually moved to when I was two years old was a place called Erskine, mm -hmm. and one of the first parts of Erskine built was a place called Bergarn as well. <laughs> if so, there you, we go. Yeah, I believe Erskine, if you're looking for it on a map, folks, it's, it's under the name of Erskine. Oh! <laughs> it's how it's described. No? Okay. That's uh, that's, that's not <laughs> even funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't sorry. get it. No, no, football no. reference. No, no, not at no, all. no, not at all. Not at all. No, just a moon hoolers recent uh, <laughs> reference. <laughs> but the uh, so yeah, so, the way you're from, and everybody's got fucking webs. <laughs> asshole. It's good for swimming, uh, right? We uh, so so quite quite a lot here as well. Now, so we've heard the stories and how they went about them. Now, there's undoubtedly undoubtedly a huge amount of innocent people have died throughout the, the, the times um, John's told you about the the, the, the last um, witch trial and Lee told you about Salem which is a couple of years before it uh, and uh, I told you about the first ones in, in Britain uh, but be between the times there was four or five huge ones um, the biggest of which being in 1596, 1597. 
um, that came to an end. It's quite interesting because I, what happened is you, you get you get the thoughts that uh, you, you begin to think, and in a lot of cases it was true, especially when you get into the witch finder research, because there's people going around and their job was to find witches, and they were getting paid to do so. So you're damn straight they're going to find witches uh, and sorcerers, etc. Um, however, it's not the entire story, I don't think. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. The 1596-1597 was the biggest of them. And the reason that stopped is because what happened was they, they actually had uh, they, they, they'd pro- prosecuted in Fife uh, a witch called Margaret Aitken. And she admitted being a witch, under torture as usual. So she she wasn't a witch, she, 95% of the man witches. So she wasn't a witch. But she was under torture and she said, you know what, I am a witch. If you spare my life, I will go with you and I will be able to point out all the other witches. So I said, right, okay. So they took this woman round and for the next however many months, um, they would go round and they would um, present people and suspects to this girl and this girl, Marie, um, would point out the guilty one and say, she's a witch, she's a witch. She's not, she's not, she's a witch, she's not, etc. But if there was nothing more to it than than what we were what we were talking about, and, and I'm not talking about the ergot thing and the actual causes where people were showing signs of symptoms, but now we're just talking about witch trials when people were getting basically accused of something for nothing. If that was all there was to it, then that would be the end of the story. She would go around and she would have a very successful career, etc. But the reason the, the, the witch trials started, or the biggest one that they actually had in 1997, came to an end was because Margaret Aitken was doing one of these um, one of these meetings where she was accusing people. And one of the witch finders was like, yeah, you're full of shit. Okay. And I th- he thought, there's something not right here. So what he did was she pronounced these five, six people, these five, six witches guilty, and they got taken away. So he went out and said, right, okay, we'll come back tomorrow. We've got more tomorrow uh, to look at. So what he did is he took the five one, five girls that he she'd accused uh, or found guilty away, put them in different clothes and brought the same five, six girls back the next day. And, of course the next day she found them innocent. She said, no, they're not witches. And I went, yeah, you've been rumbled other. So she got taken away, uh, Margaret Aiken, she got taken away and she got burnt um, because obviously, you know, like you're going to confess again, dear, because, uh, you know, you've broken the deal. Uh, and those other girls were, were, were therefore uh, released. But word got back to James VI. And this is one of the things I, I, I want to get into is James VI, then pulled the plug on the, the, the original witch trials. Now, he, he didn't all of a sudden stop believing in it, and he still went and ahead, and he was still very much the forefront of trying to find or trying to, 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 to get rid of the, the witches and the sorcerers and the devils, etc. But he put an end to the witch trials at that point and said, no, this isn't the way he'd done it. So that says to me, again, to what I was talking about earlier, that what he had personally witnessed and what had happened in his personal life coloured him into thinking that actually there is something here. There is something here. 
Um, so I think he was doing it for the right intention. As I say, this is the same guy that did the Bible that, like, nine out of ten of you have read. Uh, but before then, he was thought it was more pressing to do demonology about these demons. Now, interestingly, that book on demonology, he didn't say that the devil, because we go back to the devil again, but he didn't say that the devil was responsible for all the demons that the witches were using, etc. He said God actually used the demons for his own purpose. Uh, and witches and wizards were actually using spells, etc. to do that. Now, what I, I want to look at as well, because we're talking about witchcraft, etc. And what I found incredibly interesting is that we're talking about 16, or sorry, 1590, what we're seeing was the first ones there, but there was some witch trials happened beforehand. And Lee, I think you said, you know, there was things back in history before then that we're seeing, etc. I think yeah. the first one, the first reported one was 1489. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, here's an interesting one you're going to enjoy. The Red Lady of Paviland was found. Now, that's in Wales, a little place in Wales. It's called Paviland. And they discovered bones. And the bones, etc., they discovered were all... Um, uh, they, they, they decided it was a female. Uh, it was there was they were preserved in red kind of clay stuff, uh, but round about it, they found various uh, rods and that could uh, uh, and little stones and little bits and pieces and stuff like that. And they've decided so. So, so after looking into that, they said, "Well, this is kind of probably a ritual thing. This is this is probably a this is probably a, a witch, and this is a wands, etc." Um, but they found this in about the 1800s, mid-1800s. They found these bones and they found the, the, the rods, etc. Now, the idea behind the, the, the rods or the wands and the stones, etc., that were found with it have never changed. So they still think that that is probably the case, that she was some kind of healer or, uh, or witch or whatever like that. The interesting part of that is obviously, as we go along in time from the 1840s, 1850s, when these bones were found, science gets better. And they've decided, when they first found her, they decided that actually, so the Red Lady of Pavland is probably a Roman-era woman in, so probably a druid because of the rods and the stones, etc., and the crystals. Um, so she probably lived in Wales during Roman times. But then carbon dating came and they started going back, and they started going back, and they started going back. The latest evidence, carbon dating of the bones, shows that the Red Lady of Paviland found in Wales with rods and gems died 33,000 years ago. How do you like that? And it's a guy. Not a girl. That's a guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a wizard. It's a wizard. It's a druid. Is what I would say because they were they were always in wheels. But it pretty much has it has taken because if you think that um, and we could go into it another way in another day we will perhaps into Egypt etc. Where Egypt is about the height Egyptians was supposed to be like um, civilization was supposed to be about three thousand BC, but in reality. 
there's water damage on the pyramids and there's water damage certainly in the Sphinx. I've seen the Sphinx and there's water damage on it. But the problem with that is it was about 9,000 years ago that the, uh, the, 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 the last time that plane was water uh, logged. So some of these areas may or may not be older than they actually think they were. But the reason I'm bringing that up if they're correct, and it's either a witch or a druid or whatever like that, and it still holds true. There's nothing in the science and nothing that's said, but everything that's been found around it, etc., still seems to, to have the same use and the same reason, which would be either as a witch or as a healer, etc. But 33,000 years ago. So that's something when you th- when J- I, yeah, that is just mind boggling figures to me. This is a, this is when people didn't have fire. You know, this is when we're talking about it. There was no, yeah, before the Iron Age, you before you yeah, everything, and then you've got somebody practicing this. So that's very interesting. Um, something else, uh, something else, um, I wanted to, to, uh, to bring up as well is that we're going back into the devil, uh, again. And I was telling you a culture. In, in culture, you have um, the Harry Potter things that I spoke about. You've got that outlander who's getting things. You've got Voldemort, Tom Riddle's name is getting mentioned by J.K. Rowling, etc. Another interesting one I found is one of the things they were getting uh, in North Berwick Trust, one of the things they were getting uh, accused of was the Osculami infamy. Okay? Well, it sounds like a Harry Potter spell, doesn't it? The Osculami infamy is uh, how the witches greeted the devil. So the devil, and this is the other thing, is the devil, everywhere you go, is like the, the meeting and stuff like this, when they're talking about the meetings of witches, etc., um, and, and they were all getting accused of having, they were led by the devil. Now, the, the way these uh, witches were supposedly to greet the devil is he would go over to an altar, he would bend over the altar, and they would kiss his anus which was also known as his other mouth, uh, which then this allowed the devil to seduce the witches, right? And this is the, uh, is, is seen as being subservient. That's a dodgy plot to a dodgy cheap porno, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, what? Is this something that's on before the Red Shoe Diaries yeah. and fucking Channel yeah, 5? Exactly. <laughs> but this, but this, is where the term kissing your arse and kissing somebody's arse comes from. So, uh, so, so this is again. It's just, it's just another thing. It's like, like a cultural reference. So this was actually something that's got cultural reference. Um, but also think something I want to go at because we're we're looking at it and it's easy to see. As I say, it's easy to see. There's nothing in this. It's all. Bullshit, and again, ninety nine percent percent of it can be easily proved, and and, and it, you know it's obviously not true. But is there a percent? I, I'm going back a while now to the um the, to, to another one we've not talked we've not talked about yet. We really should at some point, which is um the the Knights Templar. Knights Templar, very very famous and very very powerful order in the, uh, the, the sort of uh, in the Crusades up until uh, the early 1300s now when the power of that broke basically the power of that broke and there was supposed to be and you still see you've got lots of programs on television and history and all this kind of stuff about 
um, the, the, the Templars and, and what's behind their power, etc., and how they could become so rich and wealthy and what their power was. It was eventually broken by the Pope and the French king together um, because they, uh, they fancied the Templars' money. The Templars were hugely rich by that point uh, and they fancied their money. So the, the Pope and the... Uh, and it was very much like a witch trial is the, uh, the the Pope and the French king descended with all their men across all of, all of Europe and, and, and took in one fell swoop on Friday the 13th, um, funnily enough, which is where that comes from, uh, they took possession of all the uh, the Templars' property, finding that everything was removed and all the valuables was missing, or 95% of the valuables was missing and their money and they, 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 were, they had been foiled. However, they did arrest all the Templars that they could find, including the Grand Master, etc., and why I brought this up just now as well is, is again, because he was supposedly, the, the next temple was supposed to be powerful. And they were supposed to worship false gods, etc. And this is something they were, um, this is something they were accused of. They were also tortured, much like the, the, the witch trials. Some of the things, another phrase that you, you've heard used in other contexts was putting their feet to the fire. This is something that happened to the Templars. They would have their uh, they would have their feet covered in fat, and they would put put over the uh, a fire until the bones slid out. That's nice, isn't it? Uh, the bones would actually slide out of their feet because they were cooked. Um, but why I bring this up anyway? Because I say these are supposed to be have people with power. They were accused of worshiping the devil, etc. And but the last words of Jack de Molay, which who was the last Grand Master of the Knights Templar, certainly in openness, um, was that it was to the uh, to the Pope and to the King Philip um, of France, and he said, "I summon you to the Tribunal of Heaven before the year is out." And both Pope Clement and the King Philip were dead before the end of that year. Again, it's just, is is there something in the little parts of that that actually, it might not be anything to be feared unless people use it for the wrong, etc. But is there something? Um, going back right to the very first one that I, uh, that I mentioned, um, and John Fian, who, in my view, what happened between Fian and King James, the, the first or six, this is what set these things very much in, 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 in motion. I believe he was scared. I believe he was scared for himself, and I believe he was scared for, for his people. But to go back to that, if, if the written word is to be believed, but the written word and the, and and this punishment etc was done in the presence of the king, and it was done in the presence of biographers etc. And if that written word is to be believed, where the guy is tortured and has his nails pulled out, he has metal nails nailed into his where his fingernails were. He has his foot crushed, completely crushed and pulverised. No medication, no nothing. Doesn't pass out and doesn't show any signs of pain. Of, 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 um, of pain. Um, Same as that guy in uh, Salem, eh, with the door and the boulders, and he's asking for more boulders. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's it. It's just like, is is there something? We, we've touched on, again, you, we talk about the back catalogue there. We've got quite a lot of back uh, catalogue there. And I believe we touched in, the, was it the Lighthouse one? Uh, we, yeah, Flat and Isles. Flat three, three men go missing from a lighthouse. lighthouse. But we also touched on Alistair Crowley in that one, I think. Yeah, yeah. Who, who I say, same area as it's yeah. in Scotland, who comes into a lot of these things. Um, I mean, locals around where he used to live were, were terif- terrified to go out after dark for hundreds of years. <laughs> it's not been that long since he was alive. But since he's been alive, you know, there's there's been reports of horrific things wandering in the moors, etc., that he did or may or may not have have actually... Have actually called for. So I, I guess what I'm saying is, guys, and I want your opinion on this: is is there is there actually a witchcraft? So the witchcraft trials is one thing, and I think we're all agreed. Pretty much, ninety nine percent of these people were innocent, and it, it was bullshit. It was concocted thing for people's power or people's fear. Well, a lot of them, a lot of them, you, you read into a lot of them were tortured or. Like the witnesses yeah. or, or mm-hmm. anybody, they were all tortured yeah. to 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 give to 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 give the the um, to basically get them found guilty, mm-hmm. or yeah. they were in a bad situation, so, you know, where nobody would believe them, or maybe they mm-hmm. really just didn't have much better options, or just far too easy to make them fold under pressure and just yeah. torture them and make them give up, you know. Now, as as I was saying, some of the ones I was talking about, they were homeless, they were beggars, you know, they had. You know, uh, strange circumstances around them, bad things. Just, just not, not accepted in society. Not part of anything. You know, mm-hmm. so it's easier back then to to pick these little outstanders. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with that. I, I still, I, I personally think that there is. there is some, there is a belief from some of them. I, I think King James, for instance, communicate with a different on a different level okay well let me put this a question for you both i'll come at you first john um so now we know at the moment at the moment i i think it's without because they're out there on the internet etc there is such a thing as witchcraft for people that believe they are witches and they are doing these things right do you believe that that is a modern invention and actually, it's like because of these stories they've looked into and decided to try and create something? Or do you think this is something that has been passed down over generations? Oh, that's a bit of a tough one. <laughs> well, do you know, the funny thing is, if you actually look at the Witchcraft Acts, mm-hmm. the last one, which was um, amended in 1735, actually still applied right into the 20th century until 1951, mm-hmm. where you could be trialled under the Witchcraft Act. You know? Um, so uh, I don't perceive as a thing that's been passed down. I, 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 there's, got to be, uh, there's got to be some element of truth. Can I put, can I ask Scotland? it this way? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yep. No, on no, you go, you go. sorry. No, no, on you go. On you go. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, like, so you're saying today, today, and today we can see this or we can Google this, but today we live in a world where everything's leaked, where there are no secrets. And, and you know something? If somebody could d- today could do a David Copperfield trick and make the pyramid disappear factually and actually with pure magic, 
we would have seen it by now. We would have seen somebody would leak it for whatever the right reason, whatever the wrong reason, and they'd probably get murdered for it. I don't know by their community or following or God knows whatever. Maybe it's a cult. But something would come out. There's there there is factually no evidence of the proof. I would, of its existence and of its practice, yeah, but of the actual outcome of its but, practice. But then it's a different type of magic you're talking to. It, it's like if, if you look back at the witchcraft, I mean, what they're getting accused of is controlling people, um, yeah. very much like doing that kind of thing and, and affecting people's decisions and uh, people's um, ideas. MK Ultra. Mm-hmm. Is that MK Ultra? Yeah. <laughs> but the, um, it's the CIA, we've got it sussed. Yeah, absolutely. But the other thing I would say is if it was happening just now, and if it was happening back then, do you think if like if if there was something that was happening and something's getting investigated, what would you do if you were in charge of that? You would set up patsies. You would say, right, okay, this is what we're gonna do. I would be it personally. I would say if there if there was witchcraft, if there was some kind of power out there, I'd be looking at the people that are at the very top of the tree of the witchcraft trials, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're in control of it. They're protecting themselves by creating this fear that everybody's so terrified of of, of using the word witch or wizard or, or sorcerer or whatever yeah. because they're actually are going to be um, they're going to be in trouble if anybody comes out. So. So it's it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. So yeah, so I'll uh, I'll come around now. So I think we've kind of uh, done a lot on this one. So that is kind of the the, the witch trials in Scotland and in uh, and in Salem as well. Um, so I think there's a lot there to look at. So I think there's a lot to think of. My own thoughts, and I think the witch trials themselves were an absolute nonsense. Was there things? That led to the uh, led to them being held in the first place. I think if you were in James's shoes, James the sixth, James the first, I probably would be thinking, mm, yeah, there's. I, I can understand why he went down the way he did, and I think it's kudos to him in the eighteen ninety six, eighteen eighteen ninety seven when it became clear that the trials that he had started were not being held in the appropriate way manner that he cancelled them. Um, although they were then started off in, in, in future years. Um, I go back to something we've mentioned in some of the, the Dark Love Pass, etc. as well. Is there something there that people are trying to tap into? Is there some something there that is known as, you know, I would describe as pure evil, the devil, this kind of thing? Is there something there that people are trying to get to? Um, I think people are certainly, certainly trying to get to them. But uh, and I hope that's you in the background, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> but some it's something worth pursuing, perhaps in other ways, certainly than the witchcraft, etc. I think if there were witches and wizards or witches and sorcerers, then they were more or less actually like healers, and they were using the herbs and all that kind of. It was more herbalists, I would say, than actually witches and wizards. Uh, and I'm glad it, it, it cleared up as quickly as it did. Um, so, uh, your final thoughts from you, John. Uh, what have you got on uh, on this for us? Now I'm pretty much done, big man. Uh, yeah, I'm good. 
Yeah, but so what, what's your thoughts on it, though? So uh, you, do you think on, on the actual witch trials, etc., do you think they were necessary, needed, or, you know, some reason? Uh, well, Scotland was certainly very prevalent because if you actually look in Scotland, they trialled at least 6,000 people, which mm-hmm. was higher than the average in Europe, and at least of the 6,000, two-thirds were convicted. So... Yeah, um, how much truth is in it? Uh, you know, yeah. I don't know. I think they just, I think they just use them just to get rid of people. Yeah. But you don't know. There must be some element. There must be some element of truth in it. I would have thought. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, well, four thousand people lost their lives. Like you know, what I mean, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's another uh, one of those uh, things that something, something at the top where something's just not right. But it's been, it's definitely been controlled initiated or or something from the top there's no doubt about it yeah. governments have been dodgy from the the very first day that they existed or put themselves in place so yeah but there's nothing right about it it certainly shouldn't have happened yeah. um and it's a massive monumental fuck up that it did and but that it got to the extent that it did yeah, but a way to control the people, isn't it? What I, w- what I would say to you is that, and, and this is to the to, to readers rather than to, to John and to, to listeners rather, um, is that especially in Scotland and in Britain, but in, in wherever you are in the world, because we, we, we do, we're very fortunate, people listen all over the world, is to look into your local history. Um, we all started looking into this um, just you know the, the last week or two and it's remarkable what you find about your your, your locale and the places you grew up the people you think um, I'll give you one just if you had a very lastly from me um, a place I used to pass every day when it was at work in the Royal Mile and the Royal Mile in Edinburgh has got lots of history etc to it but just found out for research in this that um, one of the, the little fountains is actually where the witches etc were based and the, the witches has got then the fountain has got a, a serpent on it and an angel on it and this is to and on a demon on it and a serpent and the serpent's for wisdom and the uh, and the demon is for evil and uh, it's basically to signify the fact that this is where the witches etc were burned and they don't know whether actually they were good or they were bad, whether they were just they, they were just very learned or they were actually evil people, um, which I thought was interesting. So please do go into your uh, do your own research in your own areas, etc., and feel free to look back again into our back catalogue where we talk about some of these other things because there will be at some point I'm going to drag these two into something of of, of evil. And is there something behind everything bad? in the world etc but on that note on that cheery note uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to say thank you very much for joining us again this evening and um, I will look forward to speaking to you all again very very soon so thank you very much and good night bye adios Time is 